Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And this is The Food Fight, a frank discussion of food culture featuring Australia's top chefs, producers, and experts. We'll chat about real issues and go places others won't. This podcast travels throughout the country, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather and speak. And we pay respect to elders, past, present, and emerging. Here it is, another Stock Takes episode where me and Simon talk about Aria getting hammered by anti-vaxxers in the Instagram comments section. We talk about the opening of Charcoal Fish and the usual ramble about what we've seen on Instagram and a couple of hot tips to finish it off. Enjoy. beautiful day down here on the New South Wales south coast, Simon, and uh, as we're still kind of separated from one another for the time being, we will be getting... Segregated, you might say. Segregated, segregated by this fascist New South Wales government. Um, Back to apartheid, really. Uh, We're here for another another, uh, Stock Takes episode. Uh, Plenty going on in the world of food in Australia. Simon, I reckon we just launch straight into it. By now, if you haven't heard one of these, it's where Simon and I bring in some uh, news, something that's going on in the food world. Uh, we talk a bit about uh, what's going on on Instagram as well, and we'll give you some tips at the end to round it out. It's a bit of a current affairs show, the only mm. Australian current affairs food mm. podcast out there, uh, yeah. brought to you by me and Simon. I don't know. I was going to try to... I was going to try to f- say something witty, mm. but um, it's by, basically by, me and Simon. You know us by now. Brought to you by two white men. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Just what the world needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, go for it, Simon. What's your first? Uh, what's your first one? Um, so, I mean, the reason we're bringing this up is um, because Aria a Restaurant recently posted about their reopening and as, as almost a footnote in their their comment just said uh, obviously along with um you know predicted government guidelines only those who are fully vaccinated will be able to dine with us so this, this is a bit a bit of an issue that's been coming up uh, in hospitality world in the future and everyone's a bit, a bit wondering what's going on um and the comment sections does not bode well for us there's now currently uh, 9,473 comments. Um, mm. the, the, the introduction of their new chef got 152. So mm. you can see the difference here. Um, mainly, mainly made up with, to begin with from um, people not happy with, with that. Um, and I think now a lot of hospitality people, a lot of, a lot of supporters have jumped in to kind of bounce it up. But um, yeah, a lot, a lot of comments, a lot of, um, a lot of people um, calling it segregation, um, comparing it to uh, you know horrific things like apartheid. Um, there's probably someone calling someone a Nazi in the comments because there always is. Mm. Uh, and and it seems like, although I would maybe debate this, like it seems like not everyone is an anti-vaxxer. Um, some people claiming they are vaccinated just don't think there should be this. Um, this this mandate from the government so it's pretty wild reading them 
Um, and I think it's got a, 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 some people pretty worried. Um, a little group chat started with some Wollongong Hotspur people, which actually brought my attention to it originally. Um, and we sort of discussed it. And yeah, I think we're in a time where we've suffered a lot um, and we are kind of the, the you know, the, the canaries down the mine of the first opening up. Um, we've got another thing to worry about and that might be abuse um, to our staff and to our, our businesses. Mm. Okay, well, let's start from what the New South Wales policies are and just lay them out as the the base for what we're going to talk about in regards to this. Mm-hmm. So tell us about what the policies are. So, I mean, yet to be properly released, what, what kind of happens is that the government come out and say stuff in their press releases and then um, a load of lawyers behind the scenes race around, rush around to actually bring out um, the actual kind of legal side of it. And you see it with all the other uh, lockdown mandates. It takes a couple of days for um, the actual public order to come out after it's mm. been announced. So um, I don't think we've actually had confirmation, but, um, or the actual, the legal side of it. I'm pretty sure they're working through that now. But when we do reopen, when we hit uh, 80%. No, 70%. So sorry, it's 70% fully vaxxed. The first Monday... After yeah. 70% fully vaxxed is what we, the yeah. information we have. Which, which is looking around the uh, middle of October, towards the, from the middle to the end of October. So we've, everyone's kind of got a, a fairly rough working day. But from, from then until we're unsure, only people who can provide their vaccinated certificate, which is available on your New South Wales uh, service or MyGov app, uh, will be able to dine in restaurants or attend bars or um i imagine other things like hairdressers beauty salons i think gyms gyms as well yeah um so quite a big big step from the government Mm. um but it's it's for the safety of people it's um it's the safety of, of of the hospitality staff and it's to you know stop um you know new new mutations from spreading around which is what happens when uh, the virus is left to run free in an unvaccinated population yeah and i guess the other thing the other the other probably important thing to note is that all staff will have to be vaccinated as well Well, unsure yet i think um, that's what i read it, it hasn't there was actually there was an article in um um the news um where that was um again it was uncertain like we we're, we're expecting that to be the case but hasn't again really officially been announced so as usual we are um sort of trading on rumors and hearsay all the time like i imagine it will be but um i mean which which has its own problems as well because some places may be able to open back up but might not be able to staff it like start staffing for hospitality as we've spoken about is already hard um, and it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to get the vaccine right now um, because of uh, you know lack of supply and and wait times and, and wait times between each vaccination as well. So um, unconfirmed that fact, but but possibly expected. Right now, let's talk a bit about the actual comments on the ARIA post itself and what we make of them and and what sort of sorts of comments that we're looking at there. Essentially, it's a lot of mean-spirited comments talking about how they're going to lose all their entire business and like people are never going to eat there again. It essentially seems to me as if the announcement by ARIA was 
published on some pretty popular anti-vax forums and Facebook pages or Instagram pages or whatever, and it was kind of a call to arms, like release the hounds. Uh, one of Australia's, you know, big marquee restaurants is um, is going to institute a policy of segregation, a discriminatory policy of segregation. So let's jump on them, and that seems to be what's happened. Um, I mean, talk to me, Simon, about what you think these sort of claims of, uh, let's go a bit deeper into these sort of, you know, when it comes to public safety and these claims of whether or not this is actually a discriminatory policy. Like, do you think that people are saying this is a, like are some people saying this is a government policy that it's, that it's, that's discriminatory. And if you as a business, uh, going to open your doors in line with this government policy, you are complicit in discrimination. I guess, see, that the stupid thing is that that's not even a, it doesn't seem to be a nuance like that anyone even kind of touches on in these comment sections. It's all about how the restaurants discriminate, the discriminator. Mm. But I mean, it seems very, very silly for me to not even be able to, uh, you know, deter like determine the difference between a restaurant opening with accordance with um, policy because they want to keep their business open, yeah, and uh, and and a restaurant making these decisions for themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 so, so much to unpack with this, and this has basically taken up most of my brain space for the last couple of months. Um, first of all, it's going to be a government government mandate. Um, so attacking the restaurant for following that is you're basically saying the restaurant should not follow that and cop a fine when we've been closed. For months mm. so first of all that's ridiculous that you're not if you've really got a problem with this then you should be protesting the government not not business um then the other people are basically claiming it's a sort of human rights uh violation when a private business is allowed to um you know refuse service to anyone except for obviously um people who have protected status um and with the human rights act so obviously you know people with disabilities with gender with sexuality um so a, a, you know private business can just say we we don't really want fully vaccinated people in and mm. if and if, if you don't want to hand over your your medical information that's also fine but you, you can't come in so so yeah. on, on on face level a business is allowed to do that um I mean, the, the slightly more complicated issue is whether a government can do it, but we'll maybe get to that shortly. Um, and then, I mean, people people claiming it's segregation and it's it's against human rights and um, all these wild claims. Um, you know, this you know people calling it apartheid, and you're like, mm. it's it's this is not the fucking um, you know segregation of of different races and human beings. Like in in society, this is this is going for dinner, like mm. or going to the pub. Like it's it's just for me. It's this is part of the social contract is that you try and keep uh, the health and well being of of your society around you, you know, safe and healthy. So mm. you get vaccinated and you follow the rules to help that. Um, I, I find one sort of just ironic and interesting thing as well that like just the amount of I don't know. The, there's a bit of a ignorance like when it comes to privilege as well in a way like i think that it's to use the word apartheid and to compare this to what what 
what that policy did in South Africa um, in terms of race relations is is so I don't know it's 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 gross it really is gross like to compare your inability to dine at one of the finest restaurants in the southern hemisphere to compare that based on your choice to not get a vaccination that is available to you because of one reason or another and to compare that to something like apartheid is is yeah as you said Simon pretty pretty disgusting and it's also yeah. just um i don't know it, spe- it speaks to the it, it speaks to the caliber of the people making these comments on the uh yeah on the on the aria on the on the aria instagram page yeah so i think i think there's there's kind of twofold people there's the the sort of um anti-vax conspiracy people um as much as a lot of them will say i'm not anti-vax if you are against this vaccination which is you know has the same proofs and the same science and the same um you know, the same research behind it as other vaccines you, you are you are anti-vaccine like mm. there's, there's no get around it you can't be like oh i'd like i'm just i'm just anti this vaccine and so this is you know it's 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 the same as the others um so and then there's also then there's people who might be vaxxed and are more on the the freedoms kind of side and and almost the i've seen a lot of comments of people who um don't like don't like the fact that people are arguing over it and think think we should all get along and think that anyone who puts kind of um puts pro-vaccine stuff out or you know and anti-anti-vaxxer stuff out is is causing um is causing kind of animosity in in, in the in the community and in our country and I, I find that that kind of thought process interesting because mm. They're on the side of vaccines, but they they think that not getting vaccinated, which is potentially putting other people in danger and can potentially lead to other people dying, that is the same as calling out people. Like then they're, they're not they're not polar opposites. It's not binary. Like they're quite different. One is calling out um, you know stupidity, and one is putting people in in the risk of death. So, so like you can't really say that you know both both sides need to stop arguing, just get on with it because both sides are not even; they're not evenly weighted. Mm. Yes. Um, how do you? What do you think of? What do you think of the the sort of overall government no jab no entry policy? Like in you know, I mean, personally, I'm in favour of no jab no entry policies when it comes to these sorts of things especially in the initial stages of opening up and stuff like that where like this 70% threshold is you know very much very much the the very lowest uh lowest number that they can get to and 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 you know we're still in a place where the overwhelming of you know medical services and things like that is a stark possibility in 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 some areas and things like that so all this stuff has to be done very carefully mm. um especially in the initial stages but where are you on that well i mean they, they think that with with covid that we need a higher percentage of vaccinations compared to some, something like measles where if you get to 85 mm. percent, you basically stop all transmission mm. uh, they think with, with covid you'd need to get um higher so into the 90s so mm. the fact we're opening up at 70 percent uh, basically relies on the majority of, you know, 70% vaccinated, but we, we can only really have, we can only have 90% of the people who are out and about to be fully vaccinated. So 
I mean, it makes sense with the science. It's not obviously not going to be forever when we get our vax rates up. Um, but I mean, it, I think, yeah, it, it definitely brings out a sort of visceral response from people where it feels like it's 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 taking away rights, even though, you know, there's no right to go to the pub. Mm. Um, because it's taken away sort of liberty. Again, this is this sort of no liberty in, in, you know, in going to private business. So I can see why people will get a bit angry about it. But then you think that, you know, um, healthcare workers have had to be vaccinated for a long time. Uh, mm. To enter a lot of Asian African countries, there's a, there's a massive list of vaccinations you have to get. Um, you know, school kids have to get vaccinated um, mm. at certain ages. Uh, you know, and then if you go back in firms, like we carry driving licenses. Mm. Like everyone has a driving license on them. Like that says, says they can drive a car. Um, we all wear seatbelts uh, because, and, and not just not just to save ourselves, but to save you know other other people, like you know other passengers in your car. Um, so there's already lots of things that happen. They go you know, that you're already being tracked on your iPhone and on your laptop. Mm. So the, the the thought that this is the this is the straw, this is the controlling method from the government is, is a bit is a bit wild. Um, mm. And again, I, I think it's part of the social contract that we we sign as a you know as a citizen citizen of the society um, that we need to look at you know keeping other people safe. And that, that's the main thing is if you're not vaccinated. That means you can hold more of the virus. Um, viruses can mutate, and it will move around the population, and we'll never get rid of it. Mm. So, so it's and, and that's that's. I mean, you can argue the science and the facts of that, but that that is the science and that is the facts. Um, like you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 um, it's just, it's it's the way we need, we have to go. Like, I mean, I, I think. You know, with government policy has been pretty bad on the, and you know, government advice has been pretty bad, especially with AstraZeneca. Um, and then obviously they they completely fucked up the rollout. They fucked up actually getting the getting the vaccines. It turns out like we could have got millions much earlier. So the government's done a terrible job at it, and that's only led to the fears and led to uh, you know the worry about it. Mm. Um, but what did we expect from this fucking awful government, really? Mm. So, you know, we shouldn't have expected much more. Um, we've just got to carry load and pick up. I think the, um, the, the, my worry now is that um, restaurants opening, we're now going to cop a lot of abuse, whether it's social media or uh, reviews or whatever. So, and, and or, you know, or to the point where our staff can get abused, you know, our staff going to be at risk. And that, that's my big mm. worry now. Um, so, I think that's uh, something we we need to think about, and, and it's and definitely there was actually an article in Good Food yesterday with a couple of restaurants who have already come out and said that they they will serve anyone. They doesn't they don't care if they're they're vaccinated or non vaccinated, which was um, a good little list of businesses I I would probably not be frequenting. Yeah, so so I mean, yeah, there's so, there's so much to get to. I guess a couple of things that I'll just note before we move on to those, um, you know, businesses saying that they'll serve anyone vaccinated or non-vaccinated is just to hit on that point one more time. That's like about the the sort of the discrimination and the taking away of human rights and things like that. The, the simple way for me to think about it is your right is in your right to not get vaccinated. Everyone has the yeah. right to not get vaccinated. That's fine. If you choose not to, that's fine. But... You, that just means that you have to, you know, participate in society in a way that people who choose not to get vaccinated are 
are allowed to or are subject yeah, to exactly. like, for like making you, that human rights choice. You're still going to be able to, um, you know, feed yourself, um, you know, work in 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 um, in some capacity in, um, you know, have access to healthcare, which uh, is uh, is an interesting one when you're actually mm. um, putting a burden on the healthcare system. So all no human rights being taken away, um, mm. and um just just your ability to interact with society because you are a risk as an unvaccinated person um mm. you know a risk a risk to yourself and at risk to people who who can't get vaccinated because of health issues which is which is quite quite a large population if you've got um autoimmune disease you you might not be able to get the vaccine or even if you have got the vaccine you are still more susceptible to it um and we need to protect those people who who are at higher risk if they do contract COVID, um, they are higher risk of, of death and, and long-lasting illness. Mm. So, and I think like once you put it down to that is, and what once I mean, these people seem to not realise this fact because every other comment is, "Why are you worried about vaccinate an unvaccinated person if you're vaccinated?" And like I've, I've never in my life known a group of people who want to out themselves as stupid as mm. much anti-vaxxers mm. it's like normally people want to hide that um, but like, that's just very easy knowledge to find out that like you that's not the case like um mm. so yeah i mean i see if, if you're if you're not vaccinated if you're not vaccinated fine that's cool but don't come to the pub because yeah you know we all want to be healthy yeah and and, uh, and leave the businesses and leave our staff alone exactly otherwise we'll keep it going when we don't have to just, i also think uh, that it's just like i mean where does just not being a dickhead come into all this yeah. and stuff as well? It's like I've talked to a few people who own businesses and stuff and they're like, fuck, we're worried about our staff. After all this, like we've managed to keep our staff on. They've been mm. doing their best for us through this whole lockdown. Hospitality was one of the hardest segment, segments of the in, like like of any industry hit um, by COVID. Like – and now you've got businesses trying to reopen and trying to do the right thing and all that sort of stuff. And people are worried about their staff getting yelled at by people and people are worried about, you know, I don't know, threats and all this sort of stuff. And it's like far out. Could you be more of a dickhead like to 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 treat other people who are just trying to like make a living and do business in, in this way? Like, like we just completely lost empathy that like in the middle of a lockdown in the middle of a pandemic where people are struggling like your your the most of your energy that that you're going to put into anything is is by going online and and abusing people like i don't know i just think it's pretty gross i think that uh like a couple of other things notes just to touch on one thing is that I think for businesses who have seen the ARIA thing and getting and are getting worried about it, I think that there's a few things. Uh, one, this is definitely a case of like release the hounds and they've got 9,000 comments on there yeah. from um, a community of people who have jumped on board this one particular post. Uh, I think that eventually, you know, businesses opening according to government mandate will be, uh, you know, will be the law and it'll be very common um businesses will be opening only to vaccinated people and i'm sorry but there is not a proportion of anti-vax people that's going to put a dent into people's trade i don't i i don't believe that that's the case um very small loud loud it's a very so just remember yes it's a very very small very very loud group of people so don't let this deter you from operating uh 
you know, your business to number one, make you money, and number two, in the interest of public health. Um, it's a very small, very loud group of people. So don't worry. Once everyone's open, once the mandate is in place and all these businesses are open and starting to trade again, uh, you know, this small portion of very loud people will be spread too thin to try to target all their energy at every single hospitality venue that's open. So, um, you know, you might have the odd dickhead come past and say something, but I don't think that the, I think that the amplification of all this through one post on the ARIA website makes it sound like a lot worse yeah. than it is. Um, when it comes to percentages, it's funny because a lot of people in this comment section on ARIA are saying, uh, you're going to lose so much business, you're going to lose so much business. Um, as I read this morning, the suburb of Blacktown in Sydney has recorded a 90% first dose vaccination rate. Yeah. So that's... 90% of 90% this is and, and it's a single suburb and things like that but I think that that's a very promising sign 90% of people in uh you know a populated suburb of Sydney have received their first dose of a vaccination the rest of that population uh, are either people who are choosing not to get the vaccine but there's also in there there are people who can't get the vaccine uh, and people who haven't yet got the vaccine but are willing to as well so that's just a good little indicator as to what what it will be like. And yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of just have a, um, I don't know. I just, if I could look into the future, I think that once everything's open and we're all running and stuff again, um, and yeah, I th I think you know, people are going to be operating, the anti-vaxxers are going to be a lot less vocal online because life will be going back to normal. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There just won't be as much heat in this, this what I believe to be a stupid yeah. debate. It, anyway. it, for me, I, I, Ari was probably the first uh, post I saw about reopening as well. Um, yeah, and they go pretty early on it because we don't like they're taking bookings. We don't even know when we're going to be fucking open yet. Like we've got yeah. a, a rough idea, but so I think they were one of the first. They're a very high profile restaurant, and obviously there was a jump on aspect to it. So yeah, it, it's. I mean, re reading reading comment sections on. Anything to do with COVID right now is 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 scary and um and worrying. But it's yeah, like if you think if you're an anti-vaxxer and you're real anti-vax, you are going to comment on every single thing you see. Mm. But someone who's pro-vaccine is not, you know, has better things to do. So mm. it's it's just an indisproportionate in, in um, commenting system. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Yep. Um, all right. Well, yeah. anything else you want to unpack on this one? Because we've only got a limited um, time, and there's a few more things to get to. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Look, if 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 you're uh, you're pro for this or anti this, or if you're anti vaxxer please please comment because I would love an argument. Oh yeah, fine. Yeah, would comment on this Instagram post when we, on, on this on this podcast. Um, question. What do you like? So, what do you quickly? You were just like, what do you make of, of of venues that have already like that are publicly posting? Like, I noticed a cafe that I follow on Instagram uh, do a post that says that they will not discriminate against people. And I just think that the use of the word discriminate mm. is just I don't know. Yeah, I, just think I mean, that that like when sucks. when when they're already like you know actually segregating sexes in yeah in schools in Afghanistan and like all these things actually actual segregation happen around the world to, to talk about, um, you know, some people being able to go for dinner for a couple of months while other people can't as uh, segregation is, is just, again, it's, it's gross. 
Um, and I, th I think these, like for one, these businesses are just asking to be fined for it. Like I'm, I'm not sure what the police presence and what the um, the sort of crackdown is going to be. But these businesses, it's like if I if I was the coppers, I'd just be listing them off the article and be like, well, I'm going to go see them on day one. Um, yeah, exactly. So it seems crazy. I mean, the the thing is, it like the the annoyances is we are going to have to check this, um, and that's just another thing we have to do in hospitality to try and keep people happy. Um, we, you know, it's already hard enough to keep customers happy sometimes. So having to check these things, you're pro we're probably going to get someone who hasn't got the certificate or hasn't quite got their second jab, but they're there with family, and it's it's going to it's going to cause some arguments along the way. And that, that's we're, no one's looking forward to that. Like, I mean, this is this is the thing is that the people who are blaming the restaurant. If we didn't have to do this, we wouldn't do it. Like maybe some businesses would, but we like as much as we we'd rather have vaccinated people, we would not go into trouble because we really don't want to have to fucking deal with this right now. Mm, exactly. Just kind of want to get open. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that like I don't know. It seems it seems like it might be. I don't know. I guess some people don't think about this debate and are influenced by their own, you know, social media algorithms and things like that. But like, if you're a hospitality owner out there uh and and you're sort of you know you're thinking oh look it, it might be a good look for me to to say we're not going to discriminate against unvaccinated people and stuff like that just like well, my recommendation is don't post at all yeah really. yeah like just kind of wait until just kind of wait until the mandate comes out and when everyone starts to reopen with according to government guidelines like if you, I think that if you jump into the debate on or, or jump into the conversation on Instagram, like if you if you say, "Hey, we're going to serve unvaccinated people," then, I mean, I'm not going to go to your shop. Yeah. If yeah. if if you if you say that, I'm not. I know, and I know a lot of people who won't. I'm not going to support a business who panders to uh, the anti-vax community. Mm. Um, and also, you know. If you if like I mean sure you can have be like have have like a real thick skin and big spine and get out there and say fuck all you anti-vaxxers we're opening up because this government da 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 but I mean then you're just sort of putting yourself in the firing line yeah. as well so like I don't know I, I don't think it's worth it for for most businesses to really jump in on social media and <laughs> yeah um... have a crack with it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 can, I can definitely see now that no one, no one is people. People will announce their opening, but no one's going to mention the vaccinated thing. Yes, exactly. Not deal with it. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like this whole time we've always been um, reassuring our customers that we're doing the right thing. Uh, so I think it's time for them just to assume that we are and can go with it. So we haven't got to fucking mention it. Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much. Um, yep. Yes. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. Mm. Uh, yeah, plenty there to unpack and we'll post about it. Like we'll, we'll try to post this video on Instagram and <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people can come and try to argue with us, which is yeah, hilarious. Let's go. I've got time. <clears throat> um, Charcoal Fish is opening on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday the 15th. I mean, this is like a really, really anticipated opening. Uh, super interesting looking business, a takeaway business from, uh, St. Peter slash Fish Butchery slash Josh and Julie Nyland. Um, basically serving a shitload of Murray cod yeah. uh, done in different ways, like a charcoal chicken shop where you can just go and pick up a, uh, you know, chicken and chips. Chicken this time you'll be pack. picking up your, this time you're picking up your, your Murray cod pack. Um, all sorts of different 
different ways? Like, I mean, to, to break it down a little bit, what this menu is looking like, um, a barbecue Murray Cod fillet. You can do family packs that have like that feed six people with Murray Cod fillet and pickles and chips and rolls and things like that. They'll have uh, roast Murray, rotisserie Murray Cod and gravy rolls with skin and stuffing. Uh, Murray Cod salad. There's the there's the yellowfin tuna cheeseburger on the menu too. Barbecued Murray Cod wings, uh, fish and chips. Like quite a simple menu. A few um, a few sides like chips and salads and a few different uh, veggies, veggies and salad options and things like that as well. Very much just looking like your your local charcoal chicken, but basically mm-hmm. with um fish with Murray Cod instead of instead of charcoal chicken. What are your initial impressions, Simon? Uh, I think it's interesting because this seems to be a business that has come out of lockdowns um, Mm. where they like the fish butchery made a bloody killing um, during lockdowns with, and, you know, we're selling all their little, their little bits, their little like, you know, whether it was a a burger or a tuna, like tuna burger or lasagna or whatever it was. So they, uh, yeah, did pretty well. So I think this business has come out of that, of, of, you know how do we, how do we latch on to this this customer base that so we can you know get 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 you know once a week every you know, couple of times a week to come down so that's so that's interesting that you're seeing some fruition of um, lockdown ideas um, it, it's it you know seems very much in line with what what he wants to do and that's kind of bring bring fish to uh, to the living rooms of the people. Mm. Um, and Murray cod is is an awesome buddy fish, and it is very much it's, it's a it's a bit of a chicken fish. Like you can do anything with it. Mm. Sustainable. It's 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 sustainably farmed. Yeah. And uh, and I think one of the reasons also that they note is that they basically reckon that they can make use of ninety percent, ninety five percent of the of the weight of each of these Murray cods, which is. Massive, considering the traditional sort of uh, usage of of a fish is is around the fifty percent or less mark. Um, so yeah, making use of ninety five percent of it that's another sort of step forward. Um, do you like? I mean, if you lived around Rose Bay, I mean, I suppose to, I suppose it's pretty hard for us to comment on it because we haven't eaten any of the food yet. But do, like, this is a this is the the type of venue that you'd assume wants to have a lot of regulars uh, and it's sort of one of those things where, you, you you know, like, I mean, for example, I've got Puppy Dulce in Wollongong, a burger shop dive bar just around the corner from me and it's like when you can't be bothered doing anything and you're like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? You go just, oh, let's just grab a burger from Puppies because we know it's good mm. uh, and it's an easy choice. Like, do you if you do do you see like if you lived around Rose Bay do you see like yourself on a Thursday night going like I don't know what I, what I want to do for dinner like let's just grab let's just grab a Murray cod pack with some salad and rolls and things like that and that can be mm. dinner like do you see do you see yourself doing that on a frequent basis like and it's very very hard to comment because we haven't tasted it yet yeah. and the other question that's a part of that is do you see yourself doing that like do you see yourself taking the Murray cod option and not the charcoal chicken option that's around the corner for a cheaper mm. price. Mm. It's 
I I bloody love me some good fish and chips. So if I me had too. if I had a place doing banging fish and chips and Murray cod, I would maybe not quite once a week, but when I had that inkling for fish and chips, I would I would definitely hit I would hit that. Yeah. Um, I think like the I mean it's 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 Rose Bay, so you've got you've got the, the clientele um and you've got you've got the affluence to be able to afford it. So I don't think the price is Well here's the question for you though. Like yeah. if you're you're the you're the punter, mate, like mm. are you are you paying twenty eight dollars for your fish and chips, which is how much it costs mm. every time you want your fish and chips? Oh yeah, I I totally would. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, I, I okay. would I would I would spend more on fish and chips if it was like if it was banging. Yeah, like, obviously, obviously, the quality's got to match the price. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'd have I'd have no problem with that. Um, yep. Whether I would like whether I would grab like a, a Murray cod ro- roll and gravy often, I, I think I think the, the worry would be is how how long term is this? I think like like everyone's going to go once. That's um, a, that's exactly right. And you, you're going to make a kill in there. Um, after that, how many people go back? Like I mean. It's very popular. He's got sort of you know international acclaim now. So when tourists tourists are back in, I imagine it's going to be a bit of a foodie tourist spot. So there's that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's, are people going to consistently you know grab a grab a cod and cod and gravy roll or mm. or the packs? Um, I think it's hard to. It's very hard for us to. To, to to have a guess at this without yeah, tasting I mean, the food because I, the the interesting thing is like you, I mean if you're going to pay twenty two dollars for a cotton gravy roll on a regular basis, that that's uh, that you know automatically you you got to know that that cotton gravy roll is way better than a you know roast pork roll from the charcoal chicken shop around the corner yeah. like it has, it has to be better yeah you know, like like it has to be a lot better yeah I mean, in I order to get it regularly right? the, like, the, one of the interesting parts which, which i like is when you know good chefs take on those um those sort of every street corner concepts like mm. whether it's a chicken shop or whether it's um, a burger shop or whatever it is and, and sort of add that extra bit of noose to it and obviously you pay for it but so i, I always like that um so is the standard of the Murray cod going to be so high and it all well, so well done that it's better than the sort of the, 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 the you know, perfectly average chicken shop down mm. the road. Um, I, I imagine that, that, you know, that, you know, they don't know really what's going to happen. I think they, they think there's a, you know, a customer base um, that they've shown during lockdowns and they're, they're giving it a go and, and they're hopeful, but I, I doubt mm. they, they know, you know, no one knows hundred percent whether your business idea is going to take off, and especially it's when it's something that hasn't really been done before. Or, uh, how, how how many, like, there's a lot of people out there who prefer to eat pe- pescatarian where they can. And one, yeah. of the, one of the cool things about charcoal fish seems to be, to me, is just providing that pescatarian alternative for people looking for a quick lunch uh, that's not just fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's a few, you know, like, and, and one of the things that I look for, especially like eating through the week, like say, for example, I was, you know, if I lived around the area and was working from home, it's sometimes tough to find quite a, a healthy takeaway lunch. Yeah. Um, it can be tough. Like, not, not you know, a sandwich. not a sandwich. Yeah. Mm. Not a wrap, not a like, you know, like maybe if you've got a poke bowl place yeah, nearby, like, that's, that's hot, good. But hot and filling. Yeah, like I, I struggle because yeah, like if you want to get a takeaway lunch, a lot of the time you can either yeah, there's 
the healthy options aren't that good. So something that definitely appeals to me is 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 like these roast murray cod salads and and things like that, where you, you just get some a nice piece of fish and some some nice salad and things like that, and that's just yeah. like a a nice uh, hot light lunch, mm. um, you know that 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 tastes awesome so yeah. those sorts of things i i find appealing as yeah, well. so i think the health health aspect is probably a big clientele as well yeah i mean uh everything that uh josh has done so far has been a massive success so yeah so. Uh, probably best not to doubt him um yeah. yeah definitely looking forward to when we can get back to sydney possibly when we're doing a podcast with someone to pop maybe in. we do a review uh, and put we'll, it on our instagram yeah somewhere. we'll do a review of uh murray cod and gravy rolls yeah mm. Yeah. So yeah, interesting one. Looking forward to it opening. I think that like again, like any little uh, trickle of information about sustainable seafoods, another good one yeah. that helps educate people. Uh, making use of Murray cod. There's just something so iconically Australian about about the Murray cod, and mm. um, specifically Southern Australia. Like there's some there's some iconic Australian fish out there. I think barramundi's probably top of the tree. But uh, I think Murray Cod's right there. And in terms of like a place, in terms of New South Wales, they're sourcing it from Griffith. Um, I've visited Murray Cod farms before. There's some fantastic Murray Cod farms in New South Wales. And, uh, you know, we need to be using more of it. I, like, and, it and it's such a, such a, a great native fish that ticks a lot of boxes in, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of the variety of things that you can do with it and stuff as well. So, yeah. Um, should be interesting. We'll see how we go. Mm, mm. All right. Um, let's move on to let's well, move on to internety, Instagram we, stuff. We'll stay on the topic of rich people in Rose Bay and what they eat and seafood yeah. uh, and seafood. And um, uh, just I found a a Daily Mail article. I shouldn't be particularly quality surprised. publication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, always down the line. Um, so the, the I mean the the headline is. From $555 lobster boxes to $150 packs of roast chicken, how the wealthiest families in lockdown are dining like royalty under stay-at-home orders. Mm. Um, Inflections were mine, uh, but that's how I feel that people are reading it. Um, Sounds right. So mainly, I'm just sick of of articles focusing on price of food. there'll be the same people who report on you know underpayment of staff um and you know hospitality businesses struggling and you know mom, mom and dad businesses little little restaurant in the corner can't you know can't pay the bills and then they'll they'll make a fuss about things costing too much but like you yeah. can't you can't have it both ways um on the face of that 555 dollar seafood box is pretty speno yeah, I mean, look, it is, it is, and this is the Catalina Catalina restaurant yeah. in Rose Bay. Um, it doesn't say like I mean I don't know. I was looking at what what looks like it's in that box, and I get yeah. it, but like uh, it, like it looks like it's kind of not that great a value. Yeah, like like I, mean, I like there's a lobster in there, and there's a mud crab in there, and there's a. Uh, Sorry, I'm just pulling up that. Yes, yeah, so just... there's there's one there's one rock lobster, there's a um, a mud crab, there's eight prawns, there's twelve oysters, some salad, some bread, some dressings, and there's also um, some smoked some smoked salmon, which is yeah, maybe 
150 grams from, from eyeballing it. Yeah. So, so imagine some amazingly beautiful ingredients and, you know, lobsters, uh, you know, coming in at, you know, anywhere 60 to 80 bucks a kilo or more. Um, so by the time you put your mark upon, you know, oysters are easily five bucks in a restaurant now. Um, a mud crab. So I, I, I sort of added it up yesterday and was like, it's, 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 it's up there in price, but, um, it's seafood is expensive and, um, yeah, that's kind of the way I, it is. I think one of the things to remember is that, like, if you've been for a walk around Rose Bay and had a look at some of the houses mm. in the area, like, and in all those sorts of areas and the different places that they're delivering to, like Point Piper and all these other beautiful spots around Sydney, like we're talking real estate in the ten million dollar, you know, in the ten million dollar realm, and I mean. To a lot of these people, I don't even know if their eyes and brain register $555 as a cost because like, it's, it's, it's almost like it's like not worth your time. If it doesn't have four figures or more, you don't necessarily need to register the, like what that number actually says yeah. and means. You just sort of look at the photo and there's lobsters and oysters and mud crab and stuff and you go, I, I'll buy it. And then you you get yeah. it. I and think if you're if if that's your market, and obviously they've been very busy, very very busy selling these, then fucking good on you. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's what it comes down to is is not every restaurant has to serve every person. Like, like yeah. a restaurant isn't obliged to have um, anything for a price that a certain person can afford. Like. That's, I mean, you know, we're, this is a capitalist society as much as a, an anti-capitalist, but that's the way everybody works. Like, yep. and and if, if they can put it on for that price and they're selling it, then that is what it's worth because that is how you determine worth. Exactly. And value. Yep. It, it's what someone will pay. Um, so yeah, like, it, okay, I can see, I can see why people are a bit shocked, but um, I don't even know if anyone's shocked. Eh? It's just the Daily Mail. Just well, but then yeah. But if you read, you read, read the comments and people's oh, comments and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. if you go on the Facebook. Like... I suppose everyone always complains about. There's always someone oh. out there to complain about the price. Yeah, exactly. I remember Simon to take you back to my first job in hospitality, working mm. at Rolls Choice in Canberra, my mum's sandwich shop. The legendary. We were, we, we were the first people in Canberra to, mm. uh, I don't know, maybe the first people in general to sell a sandwich for more than ten dollars uh, i i remember this because it was i remember i was in the uk at the time but it, it made yeah, right. made it made, it made news. news yeah but yeah. yeah like when when we first start when we first hit the ten dollar mark for sandwiches mm. we we got a lot of fucking complaints a lot of yeah. people like people would walk up to like <laughs> they'd kind of look at the menu and then they'd be like oh that's 1090 like no yeah. and then they'd be hold on that's 1090 and then walk up to the counter to 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 tell you that the food's too expensive. <laughs> You're like, um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Like, that's the price. Yeah. And I hope you enjoy wherever else you go for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say here. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Making comments on Instagram yeah, yeah. posts and yeah. news articles that, that food's too expensive is yeah. like, oh, my God. You'd yeah. think people have better things to do with their time. But yeah, I think the main thing is that, the you know, and, and to be honest, like even like good food are just as bad for it. Um, and food yeah. publications, they're like I remember it was like Chiswick's seventy-five dollar cauliflower a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like so, it, it's 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 just it's 
it's lazy journalism. It's it's easy click click. It's easy easy clickbait. Yeah. Uh, but it like you can't you can't have that one article and then complain about an underpayment of staff and next article. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, so so they really need to get get rid of that. And I think um, hospitality venues need to need to start you know pushing back on it a little bit and saying that like look, look you, this is if you want to support us, support us by not publishing these bullshit articles. Yep. And I tell you what, this. I mean, if someone put that fucking seafood box in in front of me, I'd be a very, very happy man. Oh, yeah, loving it. It looks delicious. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Eat it or don't. Got the money or not. Whatever. Up to you. Yeah. Um, All right. Quickly move on to my uh, last little thing and then we'll Mm. finish up. But um, I just wanted to shout out, like scrolling through Instagram, some of the cool things that that you see, like, and if people haven't seen this yet, but uh, there's a, a business called Shea Dominique down here on the south coast exactly where i am they're based out of maria here which is about half an hour south of uh bateman's bay and i've been in touch with them i'm trying to get them on the podcast julian and elsa uh they ran a bistro over in france uh i can't remember their name i had to close all my windows before i can't remember the name of the bistro that they had but they had a bistro in france that looked amazing and then they found their way over here to live on the south coast of new south wales and for a long time they were doing private dinners and like catering and pop-ups and things um you can follow them at Shea dominique on instagram and then when maryvale bought uh some properties down in naruma they enlisted these guys to set up a bistro at the Whale Inn, which is one of the properties in Maria that they bought. And the, the food just looks fantastic. I'm, I, I'm just really into classic European sort of provincial food. And some of their menus at the Whale uh, looked absolutely beautiful, just really, really simple, um, you know, just fish and escabeche and some terrines and things like that. Um, Simple European food, and it looks it looks great. Uh, and I guess one of the things that I'm excited about, and the reason that I bring it up, is that uh, since regional lockdown, they haven't been able to trade at the whale. So these guys are doing these apero apero packs, and that's just kind of I don't know. I just feel like it's just kind of one of the the cool things about uh, the way that businesses are adapting during this lockdown so this apero pack which i put my order in for i'm picking it up from the car park in maruya on friday arvo is a rosemary and caper focaccia caraway sourdough crackers pork and pistachio terrine beetroot mutabal dip uh, a whole wheel of tilba brie cheese and mm. rhubarb and almond financier mm, um which is a nice little, nice little picnic pack, sixty yeah, bucks. Feed great. a couple of people, and um, you know, I mean, these guys are just going to cook it and make some terrines and whatever. Mm. And and the, and the beauty of it is, um, they 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 basically did a shout out on their Instagram. They're like, all right, well, if we do this, it's going to be about sixty bucks a pack. Like, just leave us a comment or write us a DM if you're interested, and and we'll see if we get enough interest to do it. Mm. And then. They got enough interest to do it, so they're like, "All right, well, here's the menu, and this is the logistics of it. Just DM us on Instagram to reserve yours," mm. um, which I did, and literally, fucking a couple of hours later, sold out. Yeah. Wow. So, like, you know, and and this is just the tiniest little thing on the south coast, but I think it's mm. just a, a great little thing about what hospitality businesses can do and can adapt and you know they can make a bit of money and they can put these packs together through the week and they can sit in a car park in maruya next to the river on friday arvo distributing these 
these you know beautiful terrines and things yeah. like that for people to enjoy on a Friday night. Um, yeah. Love it. Just another great thing on the south coast and uh, Naruma in particular. Yeah, so Time we'll get we'll try uh, to get these. I'm going to try to get these guys on the podcast this way. I think Julian worked at Sep Team for a while as well. Um, yeah, which is world's best fifty. Uh, you know, Parisian bistro that I was lucky enough to dine at once as mm, well. Mm. So um, yeah, like seriously good chefs and very very much uh, making the most of fantastic local South Coast produce. Um, found around the sage farmers markets and elsewhere here on the south coast. Um, cool things happening in the regions, Simon. Mm. Even yeah. in small little places like this, you get you get you know sep team caliber chefs putting together apero packs, picking yeah. it up out of the boot of a car on a Friday either. Love it. Yeah, yeah. There's another reason to head down the coast from uh, from Sydney when we are allowed to do such things. That's it. Mm. Uh, okay. Finally, quickly, tips, Simon. Your tip. Um, get a diamond steel to and and learn how to use it. Uh, everyone has like, or not everyone, but most people have just blunt as fuck knives in their house, and you don't have to sharpen it. You don't need those sharpening tools because they over time will fuck your knife. There's all like things you see on like uh, infomercials. They actually take a layer off your knife. So if you if you like so once in a while yes to kind of re recalibrate it but all the time and you fuck your knife um, so get a steel get a diamond steel ceramic is also pretty good um, learn how to use it there'll be a YouTube video and just give it a lick before you do something with your knife and your cooking game will go up seventeen percent yeah totally uh, agreed I absolutely hate. Like, you know, if you go to like an Airbnb or something like yeah. that away for the weekend and you try to do some cooking and they've got dull knives, like it's oh. so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it would, it would just, it would just and all you have to do is give that a lick before. And even if you've got like an average knife or not a good knife, this will just keep, like it just straightens it up. It just straightens the blade and you'll feel a difference. And it's basically, that's all I really do to my knives, except for the occasional professional sharpen. Um, yep. it's, it's just like, I mean, between almost every job and, Probably if I'm if I'm using it a lot every ten minutes, I'll it'll be going through the steel. Yep. Cool. Well, my um my tip is about buying toasters. So mm, mm. for some reason, people who make toasters generally believe that all bread is sliced like bread from a supermarket. Yeah. It seems, yeah. and toasters are built for this particular type of bread. They've got like short square slots that are quite deep to accommodate this like large sort of square flat piece of toast from a loaf and that is yeah. probably the majority of the toast that people eat but don't worry about these these silly ones you've got to get a toaster with the long yeah. slots you so got to get a toaster with the long slots. I don't understand people getting a four-slice toaster that four has four slots. individual yeah. slots. Yeah. No. Yeah. you got to get a four-slice toaster that has two long slots because you get the best of all your worlds. You get a... You get you can put four slices of normal toast in it yeah. if you want. You can and do then half a baguette. You can do fucking half a baguette. You can do... If you get a... You know, if you get a panna di casa, like some big crusty Italian loaf, and take a take a cut right out of the center of that thing, mm. you'll be able to fit it in and toast the whole bloody lot. 
yeah. it makes no sense to me that that your normal toaster can only accommodate a piece of Helga's or Tip Top or something like that, mm. and mm. that your sourdough is left hanging out of your toast slot and not yeah. evenly toasted the whole way through. It's a crime, and uh, yeah. people need industrial designers out there need to pay more attention to the yeah to, yeah. to their toasters. Um, so you're not a fan of the grill for for toast. I mean, you can put your toast under the grill if you want, but like it's much easier in a toaster I, I if you've you, got a long you, slot toaster. You get different toast if you put it under a grill. You prefer you prefer grilled toast. No, I, well, I, I think I think I'd use it for different things. Like if I just want a piece mm. of toast with butter on, you can't get the same effect you do in a toaster in a grill. I agree because you, you're kind of cooking the bread through in a grill, yeah, yeah. And, and in the toaster you're kind of just cooking the outsides. Yeah, because you want that middle. Because if like if you just if you just toast a piece of bread and it's just all crispy, mm. that's not nice. You want that soft, yeah, middle. It's like making croutons, sort of in the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a big crouton. So I, I yeah. find the, the grill does that. Or if you try and go too high, high on it, especially like commercial grills, you end up with a bit of char. I always want that char. I want that that I want that Maillard effect on my exactly. bread. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, and I guess the other um oh no, I mentioned this in a previous tip, but I don't know. Another one just to add on to this while we're talking about toast is mm. buy good sourdough. Actually buy good sourdough and don't worry about eating it that day because you can always fucking slice it up and put mm. it in the freezer yeah. and you can use it and it's last, great. Last minute toast. Yep. Yeah. Um cool. Did you notice, maybe you can just answer this question me quickly, Stefan. Um, sure. I always found that the sourdough in Australia not to be that sour. Depends on where you get it, I reckon. Compared to Europe's. Yeah, okay, right. I probably haven't paid enough attention to sourdough consumption in Europe. Yeah. But I do think that there is a, a spectrum of sourness when it comes to different sourdough bakeries here in Australia. And I do think that like... Probably the majority, when it comes to that bell curve, the majority sit on the on the lighter sourness yeah. side than the sour sourness side. Most of them to just not be sour, and then the sour we used sour. to make back in Wales was like was so sour. Mm. So please, if anyone could answer me that question, that'd be excellent. Leave in the comments where you are, uh, where, yeah. where 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 the, the sourest sourdough is. Yeah, yeah, the sourest of the sourdoughs. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, there it is for another episode. Uh, yeah. I hope everyone has a good week, mate. Mm. Another great chat. And uh, we'll be back with some more some more of these stock takes coming soon. I mean, we're still separated from one another and unable to do in-person podcasts. But I like these. I think that this yeah. is a good format. And, um, you know, releasing them on a weekly basis means that everything's fresh. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday and we're going to release it this yeah. afternoon. Can- Charcoal Fish is opening on Wednesday. Um, yeah. Keeping it, keeping it current. This is your only current affairs food podcast in yeah. Australia. Hope you're sour, it. As sour as it should be. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Better everyone. Better. See ya.
Hello, dear listeners. Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at The Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or The Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please leave us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps. If you want to hit me up, it's quicksandfood.com or at quicksandfood on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with Simon, it's Simon underscore Evans underscore TBD on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again with another episode.